What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Crazy Face Uno podcast. I'm your host, Shane McNeely. Just a reminder, Crazy Face Uno is inspiring others to do good and make a difference in our local and global community. And I'm excited to introduce my guest today. She's a friend from none other than Invisible Children, Jamie Landsberg. What's going on, Jamie? Hey, Shane. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Thanks for coming on. I, uh, yeah, be good. I, I've been on this, you know, we've, I've had a lot of people on from my Invisible Children days, but yeah, I think it's great. Yeah, because, I've been seeing that. Yeah. Everybody's <laughs> it's kind like, of fun. I feel like I'm sort of, you know, by association, like, catching up with people just by listening to your podcast which is kind of fun (laughs) yeah I know I'm like really enjoying catching up with people too it's been fun I mean everybody's doing different things now it's just that's our that was our jumping off point in a lot of ways you know Mm -hmm. and the same for us we uh we became friends through invisible children and um we're off doing life now we actually ran into each other again when I moved to Minnesota yeah crazy time yeah, that was a brief a brief time that we overlapped there, but it was kind of fun to see invisible children faces in my my own stomping grounds. I know, I know. Uh Katie Zuli's the the well, I guess uh Jessica did you ever meet Jessica Abt? No, that's not a familiar name. Yeah, she was a like early on invisible children individual and she's off doing okay. some pretty cool stuff nowadays, but um, in Minneapolis yeah she moved away she came to Florida and then she moved back so I'm trying oh, to get her on one of these days as well but cool. um, haven't haven't been able to make it work yet yeah. but yeah there's only a couple of people there was a good handful of us there for a bit and uh nice yeah I think Katie maybe moved there after I left or like yeah or like I got connected with her after you left I think okay and, yeah Katie yeah. Zuli did a podcast um, a couple times now with us and nice. she talked about invisible children that was one of the early ones so we did that in two parts because I didn't realize the uh, length that we were going to be talking and kind of where I wanted to be <laughs> with that so we did like and almost two hours <laughs> wow nice yeah, yeah plenty yeah. to talk about oh yeah always right <laughs> yeah Katie you are currently living in Oregon mm-hmm. uh, Portland area Yes. Um, I moved out to Portland uh, originally in t- February of 2014 Okay. Um, with Kimmy Trillo, actually. Oh, nice. Um, and we moved into a house with Cassidy Myers, who was living with Jordan Backey and Johannes Oberman. Oh, nice. Good group uh, of guys. Good group of people. Yeah, and maybe one other guy. I don't remember if there was another one there as well but yeah like kind of a full IC alumni house and then our other friend um Kim Eckrote and so um moved out here in February Kimmy and I both kind of moved without really a plan for a job she was hoping to work at Nike and yeah I was kind of figuring things out um ended up working <laughs> uh out out of like a vineyard and winery they had a little oh cool like an acre an acre long um vegetable garden and they needed a farm hand and i was like sweet i'd love to spend my summer out in the garden <laughs> like 
I'll be a farmhand, you know? Yeah, um, that's awesome. So, yeah, I did that and nannied for them a few, you know, here and there. And then I worked in their tasting room at the winery on the weekend. So I was kind of seven days a week um, outside of Portland. And then I ended up meeting um, of through, actually, of Saren Oliver. Oh, yeah. Um, played More in a band with... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she was playing in a band and her bandmate... Um, was a sales manager at Dekine, okay. which is the company that I now work for. So through him, I kind of got, cool. um, kind of got an in with Dekine. So I moved out to Hood River about seven months after moving to Portland. Hood River is an hour east. Okay, is it Portland. kind of a little more sleepy, a little quieter? Um, it's kind of like it's like a mountain town vibe. Oh, Super okay. active, yeah. tons of um action sports it's like a ah. wind sport mecca because it's Ooh. in the columbia river gorge nice so kiteboarding and windsurfing are big yeah mountain biking it's about 40 minutes from mount hood so a lot of snowboarders and skiers um so that's kind of why like Dekine is an action sports company and that's why they're based in hood river gotcha um it's a fun little town it's i think it's like seven thousand people that live there year round and then in the summers, it grows mm-hmm. by like three times that for all the tourism and sportos that come into town. Yeah. What is, <laughs> I know this is like my ignorance and there's probably people listening being like, really, dude, you're going to ask this, but like, what's the climate? Like, what's the weather like in Oregon? And is it different between like Portland and um, like Hood Mountain? Hood River. Hood River. Um. I was close. Yeah. So, yeah, you're close. <laughs> um, Portland is rainier than Hood River. Yeah. Um, summers are absolutely beautiful. Okay. So in it's like Oregon. it's like Minnesota where the winters suck and everybody has this idea of it just being this like terribly cold place, but it's actually like pretty awesome during the warm months. Um I would even say it doesn't suck in the winter. It's like pretty mild right, here. Well, um, oh, here you're like, in in Oregon. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I was gonna say because I I would disagree with you in Minnesota. The winters suck there. Let's yeah, be honest. Yeah. It's yeah. terrible. In Oregon, it's not that bad. Okay. Like the coldest it gets is, you know, thirties probably. Sure. It's like some. It's rarely like much colder than that. Yeah. Um. Especially, like, in the city. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you go, like, up to Mount Hood, like, actually on the mountain, it gets yeah. it gets colder, you sure, know, sure, sure. which is great for snowboarding. But it doesn't really snow, like, in town a whole lot. So, it's fairly mild. Um, yeah. Do you get into... And, do you get into those, like, sports, the, like, action sports up there? And Yeah, mostly snowboarding. Okay. Um I grew up I, I grew up doing like snowboarding yeah. and wakeboarding and skateboarding and all that kind of stuff. But I kinda you know, when I first moved out to Oregon I hadn't snowboarded for like five years and then I started working at this action sports company and I'm like, Oh my god, all these people are like incredible athletes, you know, and like uh-huh. they've been doing this forever and this is a real mountain, it's not hills like in Minnesota. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you yeah. Know? Um, little but it's hills. really <laughs> Yeah. It's it's really fun and it's so beautiful out here. Um, and the summers are great. I've been 
sort of learning to surf a little bit. Um, uh, there we go. Which is new. Never, never got to do that before living out here. So so much harder than it looks. It's it's very hard. Yeah. It's like probably the most humbling Absolutely. thing you can possibly do. <laughs> I couldn't agree with you more. When I was in, you know, when we lived in San Diego, I bought a board and tried to learn and I stood up a few times, but man, yeah. it is so hard. It's not, it's not even that part. It's the hard part. It's like everything Paddling to get out. to that part. Yeah. It's like, yeah, yeah. I, there was legitimately, there was a couple times, but one in particular that really sticks out to me that, um, it was actually Timmy Harris and myself and Carl mm-hmm. and uh, Jeremy, and we were all out there. And I don't think Jeremy was surfing that, or uh, Carl was surfing that day. He was just hanging out on the beach with us. But Timmy mm-hmm. and I, we didn't make it out past the break. Like, we didn't even get out to where we could surf. Like, I threw up in the water because I thought I was drowning oh, no. and, like, swallowed too much oh, water. No. Like, it was yeah. a terrible experience. And I'm, I it, feel like I'm pretty athletic. Like, it seems like one of those things where I'm like, oh, I can do this, you know? No, it's totally a different thing. It's Oh, yeah. It is uh, very common to get your ass handed to you on a, yeah, in the waves. Yeah, 100%. Just, like, trying to get out there. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's... It's hard and it's super intimidating. Yeah. And people um, are like, oh, yeah, like four foot, like, oh, or like three foot. That's like really small. Like, why don't you go? If you're like, are you kidding me? Like, have you experienced, <laughs> you know what that means? Like, <laughs> yeah. like, for me, that's like over half my height. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> <You know? laughs> three feet to me is different than three feet to like a six foot person. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, for those listening <laughs> and don't know, Jamie, Jamie, you are, uh, I stand at a solid five feet tall. At a girl, there we are. She's, uh, <laughs> she hit that five five foot mark, though. Hey, that's all right. Oh yeah, I might be like an, you know, an additional quarter inch, <laughs> but uh, yeah, definitely at least five feet. Yeah, you gotta round up when you get to that point, right? Yeah, for sure. I'll take it. <laughs> that's awesome. So, growing up, you you were born in Minnesota, correct? Um, yes. Well, technically I was born in Fargo, North Dakota. Ooh. Um, yeah, I was born very premature. Um, okay. Which is probably why I, I was in Fargo at the time that I was born. Um, my, my, um, grandparents were in like the Fargo Moorhead area. Okay. Um, right. Sort of on the border. Moorhead's Minnesota, Fargo's North Dakota. Yeah. Um, and my dad was actually out of state for a work thing, and my mom went into labor uh, nine weeks early. Mm. And so, that's really anyway, early. yes, I was born super early, and um, and that's where it happened. Wow, <laughs> nice. But then you grew yeah. up, and your like family's from Minnesota, though. Yes, yeah, my family's all from Aiken. Minnesota. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah, I don't know exactly where that is, to be completely honest, and I'm from the area, but... uh, Yeah, uh, it's like up in, you know, Lake Country, where everybody from the Twin Cities has cabins and stuff. Sure. If you know where Brainerd is, it's like a half hour east of Brainerd. Sure, sure. Or like Mille Lacs Lake. Yeah. Well, when you came Um, back, you like lived in the city and where your mm -hmm. brothers and stuff. So you're one of three children. Uh, You have two brothers. Mm Mm-hmm. What was it like? Yeah, my brothers up with... are twins. I didn't know that. Did I know that? I I don't know. I've met them both and hung out with them before, but 
I mean, it makes sense because yeah. they look a lot alike, but I don't know if I knew that they were actually <laughs> yeah. twins. Yeah. Yeah, I think they were born like two minutes apart, maybe. Nice. Learn something new every day. Mm-hmm. What was that like? What was what was it like growing up? Are you the oldest or are they, they older than you? Um, They are three and a half years older than I am. Ah, so you're the, yeah, you're the so, little one. Yeah. And um, it. I mean, obviously I don't know any different, sure. but uh, growing up with brothers was fun. I mean, we're, we're still close. We were always close growing up and um, I think I would be such a different person if I had sisters yeah, or even one sister, you know, yeah. um, <clears throat> but cause I was always like, you know, wanting to do what they were doing and like sure. kind of following in their footsteps a lot, um, which was fun. It, I learned to do a lot of really fun, cool things. Um, yeah. And followed their taste in music when I was young and all that kind of stuff too. Mm-hmm. So it was, music was always a big part of our interests and, uh, hobbies and stuff. Um, when you were growing up, who were the, like the, the bands you guys were into? <laughs> oh man. Yeah. We're really, we're giving away all your secrets now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we were, they were, they were really big into like all the, in like junior high and stuff. It was like all the pop punks yeah. bands, you know, like Insane. Blink. Yeah. Back Blink 182. Blink. And like, I don't even know. Um, we we used to I remember the first like show that I went to, I think I was in like eighth grade maybe, and we went to the drive through records like invasion tour or something. Sure. It had to have been like two thousand one or two or probably two thousand two. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Um we had a lot of my we had like friends that played in bands in high school and then um after, well, they graduated, you know, four years ahead of me. So yeah, when they left, it was like being an only child, which was not awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I was an only child growing yeah. up, so I get that. It has oh, its yeah. pros and cons, but you find, yeah. I'm sure, and especially, I'm sure it was hard for you, like going from no, having them around to not having them around. I'm sure that yeah. was. Yeah, it was a big change. Like you said, like like you said in the beginning, like you didn't know any different. Like I didn't know any different being an only child. You just had to like be creative. I think about the things I did. I was like telling my dad stories of like, oh yeah, I did this and tell my mom stuff. Like, oh yeah, I did this. And you guys were like, my dad worked next door. He was a pastor growing up. So he, Mm -hmm. you know, I would hang out at the house and he'd be just right next door because we lived in the house literally next door to the church. And Mm -hmm. so I'd do my own thing. And when I needed something, I'd go over there and, you know, see if he was free and chat or whatever like he was always close by but you know i'd mm-hmm. rollerblade in the parking lot or play uh <laughs> like set up these like what i thought were booby traps in this like big field mound back in the back behind our house and <laughs> i don't know so fun yeah oh man yeah you kind of have to create your own your own um world entertainment yeah yeah <laughs> when you're an only child yeah yeah, totally. I mean, I was, I think it led, I mean, I think it obviously like has shaped a lot of who I am, probably much mm-hmm. like, you know, your taste, like you said, with uh, your brothers and kind of like mm-hmm. wanting to do the same things as them and my like creativity and the way my brain operates and works, you know, it's just like such a fundamental yeah. 
time of your life that you had to like come up with ways to entertain yourself when you were young and not in school so yeah definitely so you two brothers you grew up there you went to high school in minnesota i'm assuming how big was your high school Mm -hmm. uh very small i went to high school in aiken um graduating class our yeah my graduating class was about 90 people our our school was grade 7 through 12 Mm. so it was like middle school and high school all together yeah um and, Mine uh, was 120, so I'm not far off from, from where you. Oh are. yeah, yeah. So, you know how it is. You. Oh yeah. You know everybody's business. Everybody's whole family and all their family's business. And... Yeah, it's funny because you you learn to. You knew everything about people, and even if you didn't know them specifically, like you knew about them. You know, mm-hmm. I've mm-hmm. found, and maybe you can speak to this too, but I've found, it's just interesting, even as you get older, there's like a lot of things that you forget about people, which I think is good. Mm-hmm. And it's weird. The yeah. things that you like remember, like you still associate them as this specific thing, right? This specific person. Yeah. From based like on, high school or yeah. grade school or something even. And something yeah. I'm like, so like I look back and I'm like, man, I am so, 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 so different. I'm, there's a lot yeah. of things that are the same. Right. But like, mm-hmm. I've, I'm just so much different than I was at that time in my life. And so, it's like not fair, but at the same time, you don't have anything else to go on. So like, yeah. how do you, I don't know. Unless do you feel you're that... like having one-on-one conversations with everybody that you yeah. have ever known. Like that's just kind of how, how it goes. Yeah. I mean, it is. It's just, it's the nature of nature of the world, I suppose. But yeah, it's interesting. Do you find yourself that way? Like, do you run across Facebook suggestions are always the best? I just started being like, whatever, I'll just add you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I don't really use Facebook that much anymore. Yeah. Um, but definitely, um, like Instagram or whatever. Kind of like I'll, I'll see like random people from high school that were like not in my class, but like, yeah, I'll be like, Oh, that name sounds familiar, but I never really knew that person. Yeah. You know? So part of me is like, why, why would we connect now? Like we don't we were never connected yeah before yeah that makes sense um but like you know at the same time there's some there's some i think value probably in seeing what people are up to yeah yeah and it's not like yeah. a i don't know facebook for me is so weird especially uh, you get it like being with invisible children and being on tour and stuff you like have people adding you all the time <laughs> Yeah. And I haven't, like, purged any of that. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't, like, purged any of that. So I still have these people that pop up, and I'm, like, now they're, like, married, and so they have a different name than even before. Yeah. (laughs) And you're like, who is this? There's legitimately people I'm like, I have no idea who that is. I couldn't tell you. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. But. The number of people that you come across. mm Mm-hmm. When you were in high school, um, what was... What was your, what were you looking forward to, like, getting out of high school? Did you go straight to college, or did you, what did you do after high school? Yeah, um, I went to um, the University of Minnesota Duluth for my first two years of college. Nice, that's Um, where my wife went to college. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Nice. What years was she there? Oh, that's a good question. Um, (laughs) It would have probably been close to when you were there. 
That's funny. Yeah. I wonder. Um, yeah, because she's she was born eighty nine, but she's uh thirty okay, so now. Born. So yeah, we're like the same. She graduated, yeah. I think, two thousand. I graduated oh six, so I'm assuming she graduated oh seven, because she's like a okay. year behind me. Yeah, I was at UMD from oh six to oh eight, so and then I moved across. to uh, moved to Minneapolis and finished school at Metropolitan State University. Nice. Yeah. What did you uh, study at UMD? Well, it was the first two years, so it was generals yeah. there. Um, did you declare a major? You just you just left it open. No. Yeah. Yeah, I left it open. I have you know been sort of indecisive my whole life um (laughs) and uh I was just excited to like be taking all different kinds of classes you know and I didn't Mm want to be like stifled into a certain track I was like I'm interested in that and I'm interested in that I want to learn more about that and that looks cool yeah seems like a fun class you know um absolutely you kind of forget when you're going to register that those things cost money um (laughs) yeah, <laughs> but, but yeah i um when i moved to minneapolis and switched um to metropolitan state i went there because they had like an, an individualized bachelor of arts option where mm. you could kind of design your own degree yeah and they also had um a peace corps baccalaureate program oh, wow. That's which cool. i like looked into and i was kind of considering peace corps and stuff and then I like did a little more reading about it and kind of like soul searching. And I was like, okay, maybe Peace Corps isn't really the organization that I want to go with. Mm. But, um, and actually while I was in school at Duluth, um, I had seen the rough cut and I, you know, like that lit a fire in my ass and I was like, all right, I'm, I'm going to like do, I'm going to do something. Um, and so, I think that kind of inspired me to find some sort of like social justice type program or something where I could be like doing things that mattered for, for people, you know? Yeah. And with people. Um, and was that always something that you wanted to do or was that like kind of spurred by, you know, some of the experiences in college, like what led to, you know, was was there interests that you had like coming out of high school or things that inspired you when you were in high school or people that inspired you in, in the direction you kind of went and, and took? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, well, originally when I went to school, I thought I was like, maybe I'll go into nursing. I don't know. Like I thought about it. Yeah. And, um, <clears throat> I worked as a nurse's aide in, in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, at the nursing home and then at the hospital as well in town. And I really enjoyed it. Um, but I think I just got so excited by all the other classes yeah. that I could take, you know, that I was like, uh, I don't want to take a bunch of science classes. Um, and, um, I think, I think like the, the human service side of me probably, stemmed from my family and like I grew up going to a a Lutheran church that was like very community service oriented and so Mm -hmm. we I was like growing up I was pretty involved at my church um with the youth group and 
like we would do community meals every week and we would do community service in different ways and do like kind of um, service work trips and stuff like that where we'd kind of work in different types of communities. Um, Yeah. I feel like that's the same for me. Like the, you know, I, I don't subscribe to the same like religious beliefs anymore, but like I feel that they were so foundational for who I, for who I am. And, um, Mm -hmm. you know, I think that, you know, service and serving others and helping people was always something that was like elevated growing up, you know, as like the thing Mm -hmm. you do and the the thing that you always strive to do. And, um, I've, I've asked this question a lot, you know, like kind of like, what, where's this come from? Because it's a theme in a lot of people that I've had on here and specifically a theme with a lot of the people that have worked at invisible children for sure. Um, Mm -hmm. and this like service and serving others and helping people. And it's something I've always wanted to do. And I'm, I'm, I'm always just really curious because, you know, I can hear the stories from my parents of, you know, Oh, like, well, you always said you wanted to be like, you wanted to go to Africa and be a missionary. And I, I remember that. And I, like, I remember like third grade was specific to me. I think it was third, third grade that, um, I did this, I think it was like a geography class or you did a project and I drew like Kenya, Africa. And I remember that really sparked my interest. And I always, like, I always wanted to go. I always wanted to be there. Mm-hmm. like learned a bunch about this specific country and the city and, you know, Nairobi and, um, mm-hmm. some of like the different stuff there. And I yeah. like always really wanted to, to go and like do and serve and whatever. And I think it was just always an elevated thing, especially in the like Protestant Christian church or the Lutheran church, mm-hmm. you know, especially services big in the Lutheran church. And mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. I, I, it's always something I'm really interested in with people and like kind of what drew people to live the life that they're living and that I've had on at least, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Everybody comes from kind of a different type of, um, background and like or different things that kind of drew them into it and yeah it's pretty cool to hear about yeah for sure definitely so you had that you i kind of cut you off so sorry about that that's all good um let's see what was i talking about now uh just kind of your path of choosing college and like the direction you went through people that inspired you and in, in high school or, you know, things that kind yeah. of inspired you to go the direction you went? Yeah. I mean, so many, so many people that were inspiring for me, but it was also sort of just what I was doing, like with my, all my friends, a lot of my friends went to my same church or, yeah. or, you know, were involved in my youth group. So it was kind of just part of what we did with our time. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, you know, I had like mentors through school and through my church and through whatever, who also just by nature were, were generous and like serving people. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just kind of was a thing where it was like, you, it's part of life. You, you like, we all work together. We're all here, like getting by, you know, and we do it. Yeah. We like help each other out along the way. Um, yeah, it feels good so anyway, to help people too, you know, yeah, I mean, yeah, like, yeah, I don't think there's anything wrong with saying that. I I, th- I think that people shy away from like 
in an effort not to feel like it's self, uh, you know, self-fulfilling or whatever, but mm-hmm. I don't, what, what's wrong with doing something that helps others, but also makes you feel good and helps you. Totally. Yeah. There's, there's definitely that side of it. Like people do things for others because it makes themselves feel good, you know? Yeah. And, and because it's the right thing to do. Everybody, everybody kind of has their own different inspirations for doing things, I guess, or motives. But, um, yeah, I think it's hard. It's hard not to like feel good when you're doing good. Yeah, it really is. (laughs) I don't know. There's just something about like, how often are you like, shit, I wish I wouldn't have like helped that person out. Yeah. I wish I wouldn't have made them (laughs) smile. It's a real bummer. You know? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That sucked. You know, like, Oh, or, yeah had that conversation with that person yeah and i think it helps you like grow this uh have a a different perspective on life too and it can aid your own self in that way where you can be like man i have a lot of things to be grateful for um Mm -hmm. and to just be more positive and i think positivity is something that i know i am working on myself of like just looking and and being more positive and looking at things in a more positive light and being Mm -hmm. a Debbie Downer. It's like you, you, if that's what you're putting into the world, that's what you're getting out, you know? Like, yeah. Yeah, totally. It's all about perspective and like what you're going to manifest. Yeah. For for yourself. And yeah, totally. So those things kind of, you feel like led you down the path that you went. I think so. I Well, I guess a big, as far as like my choice in like path for my education, the Invisible Children thing was like a huge, Yeah. like just seeing the rough cut, I was like, all right, this has definitely like lit a fire, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and for those of you listening and, that aren't familiar with Invisible Children, uh, the rough cut is the like the first documentary that the founders of Invisible Children made, Jason, Bobby, and Laren. And it kind of, if you go back and listen to uh, Bethany Bilesma, uh, her podcast that we did, you know, we kind of talked about it there a little bit as well. And we've talked about it in some of the different ones. But um, it's just one of those stories that really, like, when you saw it, it just inspired you to to act and to move. And in a good way, not in like a, it was sad, yes, but it was also, like, hopeful, empowering kind of yeah empowering absolutely good good point good word yeah yeah um that i think that film really did it for a lot of people i i would argue that that's probably what got most people into those doors that worked there and interned yeah, there same. um yeah so i guess uh when i saw that i wanted to like get screening set up and like whether it was just like showing it to my friends or whatever mm-hmm. um, that had to have been in like 2008, I think. And then I think the first uh, roadie group that stayed with me was um, let's see. I don't remember what tour that was. Maybe frontline. Yeah. Frontline would have been 2009. Dan Crosner. 
No, it was oh, um, been... Pat Campbell, Becca Willis, Lauren Bazan, and okay. Eugene Kim. Okay. Yeah. But Eugene has, <laughs> when they were in Minneapolis, Eugene was gone for like a, some baseball game. <laughs> some like big baseball game. Obviously, if I knew baseball, I would yeah. know it was a big deal, but. So he was gone for that, but um, Isn't the rest from of the crew. Pennsylvania? Pennsylvania was it like a Pirates mm-hmm. game or something? That's funny. Yeah, so that would have been maybe 2000, like spring 2010. I think it was 2009. I don't know. I think it was 2009 because I think I tried to I set up a screening at my school or something. Yeah, because I came in in fall 2010. I, so and I think Frontline was our tour. Okay, so it would have been the one before that. Yeah. Then. Yeah. But so, 2009, yeah, because I finished school in 2000, December of 2009, so it was right at the end of, before I was finished. Sure, yeah. Um, so anyway, yeah, it was fun, like, meeting them, and then um, kind of fell off for a little while, and then, um, let's see, the first fourth estate was, I think, the next time I got involved again. Yeah, okay. And I went out um, for the fourth estate as like an attendee. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, I was there. So that was great. That was yeah. really cool. That's probably where I met you. Probably. I'm. It, it was a few hundred people, but I'm sure we met somewhere along the way. And then you helped with a, an event after that, I believe. Yeah. That I kind of met you and then you were coming in, you know, like going to be interning at Invisible Children and... Mm-hmm. remember it was along that way you had you had wanted to be you know you had wanted to work for intern for invisible children for a while though right Mm-hmm. yeah I kind of it, I was always like man that would be so rad like it's exactly the type of organization I want to work with and like I don't really know exactly what I would want to do there but yeah um I you came into a being... really cool position though the production yeah. assistant right yeah, yeah, yeah. It was super fun. I'm so glad that that was my position there, especially yeah. during that time. I mean, obviously, it was a super crazy time, but I'm glad that I <laughs> was not on the road yeah. for that tour. Yeah, uh, Granted, the office was absolutely insane as well, but... Um, Always. Yeah, uh, explain to people kind of what that means, like production assistant. What all did you do? What all did you help with? And yeah, so I was production assistant. I did all kinds of different things, but I was in the art department, and um, my initial boss there was um, Kimmy Vandevort. Yeah. And um, she, I believe at the time, was executive assistant. Yeah, I think so. Maybe, or, yeah. yeah. To Jason. Um, and so, yeah, to Jason and Ben and yeah. Adam and everybody. Yeah. Um, and so I was kind of like doing things under her and then I would also help with um, kind of random tasks around the art department. Eventually she ended up shifting into a different role and I don't remember what that title was, but Heather Longerbeam came in and I was working under her then yeah. um, and Perhaps I was doing clearance stuff. Um, no, this was still still under production still under production assistant. So, um, I remember doing, we like scouting some like, um, 
sites for like shooting scenes for the yeah. film and like getting like procuring different uh props and things that we needed for stuff and yeah. a lot of like errand running mm-hmm. and um coordinating yeah, yeah you were always different like, kinds of logistics yeah you were the logistics gal in the back there and you're i remember you yeah. were always like busy you're always like going yeah. from to and from <laughs> That was yeah. kind of when I was in charge of the vans, too. So that's one of the reasons you were mm. like, hey, can I have a van? Like, yep. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I need I need something to haul things around or whatever. Yeah. yeah. All kinds of uh, all kinds of tasks. I don't even remember a lot of them because it was different all the time, which was pretty cool. Like showing up and being like, all right, what are we doing today? What's what's happening? I know I'm going to be getting lunch for everybody at some point, but then. <laughs> what else am I working on? Like, yeah, yeah. And it was kind of fun because I would get to, you know, weigh in on like or give feedback on campaign stuff or like art department, yeah. like posters and which design do you like uh, better? Merchandise and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. What was that? I said, which design do you like better? Yeah. Those were always fun. I liked when we, you know, even as roadies or just as staff could go in and be like, pick the shirts essentially and kind of like vote on, I like this mm-hmm. shirt best or this one's really cool or. I feel like this one really describes the, you know, what we're going after, or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah. Such a fun place to be in so much, like, creativity happening all the time and just people cranking stuff out. Like, it was awesome. People worked so hard in that in that office and, like, in the art department. Yeah, for so sure. So much time goes into each one of those projects. It's crazy. Yeah, people don't realize, I guess, all the... I, I even think about that. Do you, like, see things through a different lens even nowadays when you like see a, a film that comes out or um mm-hmm. even some of like the youtube videos that come out like these youtube stars where you're like honestly yeah. you didn't take that much time to do that or sometimes yeah. it's the opposite where you're like you well done you know like you put a little yeah. time and effort into that but i i see things through a different lens nowadays even though I, it's mm-hmm. like not cognizant like i'm not like hmm but yeah, yeah i just see i definitely yeah. see things through a different lens Different kind of appreciation. For yeah, sure. definitely. Definitely. <clears throat> and even just like b- movies when they're like, yeah, it takes like two years to get a movie from start to mm-hmm. finish and filming and the way they piece things yeah. together. And I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Or even like oh. the that one prop I made, you know, for Coney 2012. I was like, yeah. that took like two days. It was yeah. just me working on it. Do you remember that huge, that huge red banner yeah. that we dropped off of the parking ramp? Yeah. It was me and I think Monica maybe yeah. and like Julia that painted that yeah, huge that. banner. You... There was one that went on the um on like a billboard and we did that in the office and like hung it up on the wall and painted it. <laughs> yeah. And then, like, then you got it on the wall, right? <laughs> ripped the paint off the wall. Yeah. Oh, that God. office took a beating for sure. Yeah. Oh but so fun. Yeah. And we were all just like, well, whatever. It'll get fixed at some point, you know? I found... Um, but yeah, then that huge red banner that we had to bring, like, off-site into a gym or something. Yeah. And lay it out. Did you ever help with that one? I don't think that one I helped it, with, no. Um, it was, like... It but was I know so which one you're talking about. long that it wouldn't fit laid out across a whole gym floor. <laughs> and we had, like... I don't even know how many people working on trying to, like paint it or yeah. however we did it i had to like sew that 
thing together because yeah. two sheets. <laughs> I remember you sitting in the conference room. Weren't you sitting in the conference room, like, sewing that together? Or Trying to sew it, yeah. So funny. Like I think a... I, bought, I bought the, like, all the fabric stores in San Diego <laughs> out of red fabric to make those things. That wasn't the uh, last time we bought the last red right. thing in the... <laughs> in the that area in the country i uh yeah. found when i was moving it it wasn't like found i knew i had it but i i have one of the like hard banners like the, the like vinyl plastic ones that mm-hmm. we were using mm-hmm. for um i don't know one of the films that has like barack obama with uh the, the like mm-hmm. fourth estate symbol you know the upside down mm-hmm. triangle and it's like a little smaller one i was like mm-hmm. look I showed my wife last night. I was like, did I ever show you this? Like, <laughs> She was like, oh, that's really cool. <laughs> it's like one of those things that like someday it'll be really fun to like show my kids or like yeah. she was making fun of me. She's like, when I was young, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I still have a bunch of like the Invisible Children pins or like the our Liberty, oh, you know, from the, mm-hmm. the kits or whatever that we had. The frontline kits yeah. legitimately. Yeah. A bunch of those. Interesting. I feel like I've lost so many of my things. I've moved so many times. Yeah. And you just downsize. However many years. Yeah. Just things fall through the cracks. I know. I have to. It's funny because I'm actually wearing a shirt right now. Uh, What does it say? The very best super mom shirt that we had. It's got paint all over it. and It's just an old like beater shirt, but. Like one of my Invisible Children shirts. I have a t- so many of those that I never wear anymore. I'm like, oh, I'll just hold on to them, I guess. I don't know. I don't yeah, wanna... it's like, what do you do with them? It's like too, I've I'm too nostalgic. I've seen a lot of people that make like quilts and stuff out of them. Yeah. I'm just too nostalgic to I don't think I'm to, about like, to do that. I know. Same. We have too many blankets already anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just in case you have like a 20-person sleepover or something. Yeah. In case it gets super cold here in the uh <laughs> florida, florida. <laughs> yeah. uh, i uh, uh, always turn the air conditioning off before i record because it mm-hmm. just sounds better and i don't have that noise in the background yeah it just gets really warm <laughs> a little sticky in there a little sticky but it's all good <laughs> so you went from yeah. production assistant and mm-hmm. you stuck around and, and you still work for heather I want to get Heather on here. I think she's yeah. she's done some really fun stuff and worked on some cool movies. Oh and yeah, I gotta get yeah, I gotta would, reach out to her. She'd be a great one to bring on. Yeah, yeah. I worked under her as the like. It was kind of under her and the legal department as yeah. like a license clearance right intern, which is a position they had to create after after Coney twenty twelve was released and there was yeah. all the. Uh backlash maybe yeah it was just all the anything you hear so you know nowadays if you're listening um nowadays like any of your youtube videos you know you maybe people have heard of like the adpocalypse you know where they've they really crack down on people basically using other people's music and material in your own videos um and so they cracked down on that and created some sort of an algorithm that um, and I don't know it, when that algorithm came out, if it was Invisible Children time, but because the Coney 2012 video was so like in your face and popular, um, 
everything from that point forward. You know, I, I think they had worked on some of that before. You know, they had gotten different bands to approve different songs and stuff for our, our documentaries. Yeah. But for some of the smaller they, YouTube videos, they didn't really do that, I don't think. Yeah, I don't think they really anticipated that that many people would see it. So they were like, no. it's not really that, you know, big of an issue. Yeah. To And then... So everything you hear basically being that we had to... is is like has to be cleared through the person who created it. You have to buy licenses. It. Yeah, yeah. You have to buy a license from the person who owns it to use it, um, and you know, like everybody has to do that. At my current job, they have to buy images if they're using somebody else's photos yeah. or whatever, and you have to buy it for like the licenses for different types of use. And sure. so if you're going to use it one time, if you're going to use it just on social media, if you're going to use it in a print ad, if you're going to use yeah. it in a video, like they're all different kinds of licenses. And I learned a lot about that doing, doing that job. Cause we yeah. had all a different lot. sorts of media <laughs> in that video. And, yeah. uh, yeah, that was a, <laughs> that was an interesting summer. I did that internship for the summer and then, um, in the fall, I went out on the road for the first time. Yeah. Or for the only time. But um, fall, 20th, fall 2012, I guess it was. Yeah. Um, Real quick, do you remember how much it costs for, like, one song on, like, a video at the time? Ooh. I don't know what it would even mm -hmm. be now, but I just wondered what that price was. I don't remember. And it might depend on, like how long the clip is that sure. you're using sure yeah okay and like images also range in price too it could be like an image could be like you know under a hundred dollars up to like a few hundred or whatever for one image yeah <laughs> so yeah I, I don't remember off the top of my head what the songs are and i think it depends a little bit on how big the band is and yeah of course they agree to it yeah. or want to yeah yeah because some of the bands would just give it to you mm -hmm. and sign off yeah. on it but we had a lot of a lot of good bands that were supportive of us and we're happy to let yeah. us use their music thanks to our awesome music department yeah I, we had i had lauren on lauren mm. i always want to call her by her maiden name yeah how do <laughs> uh, you say her last name her uh, new last name uh hang on is it coons coons yeah I okay, like cool. take notes, you know? Yeah, yeah. coons. Yep. And so like nice. I make little marks on there so I say it correctly. Like I asked <laughs> yeah. you to make sure I got Landsberg. I always want to call you, you Landsbark, like A. Oh. <laughs> but it's an E, so it's Landsberg. Sometimes people call me Landshark. Oh. That's kinda of fun though. I think it stems from the beer. Oh. <laughs> Landshark beer. Yeah. Whatever brand it is that makes that it's like a logger of sorts or something anyway yeah i know what you're talking about yeah so you yeah. you're a roadie southeast area yeah what, southeast so i had uh tennessee and north and south carolina tennessee north and south carolina did you have a favorite mm -hmm. area what area were you in charge of i think i had south carolina if i remember yeah that's what's funny because i'm i'm living in florida really and i was in charge of florida on my first tour Oh, funny. Yeah, all of, like Florida was my was my baby. So nice. Yeah, we so that's to... fun. You uh, 
keep in touch with any of your contacts? Well, like during the during the uh, hurricane. Um, oh yes, I heard this in one of your other. Podcasts. Yeah, I reached out to uh, a gal, and it was our host. She was actually the one that brought us to Marjorie Marjorie Stoneman Douglas. Her her daughters went there, and um, where the shooting happened in Parkland. Mm. And, uh, yeah, so she, you know, she hosted us and I like just reached out to her and was like, Hey, so I'll start this off with we're prepared, but like, should we be worried? You know, like, is there anything we need (laughs) to do? Like, and she was like, you should be fine. Like, it looks like it's going to miss us, blah, blah, blah. But you know, she was awesome. And it was like, we, you know, our house is always open to, to great people. So like, if you need anything, like you're more than welcome here it's just nice to know you have somebody that has your back and if you need something they're not that far away so like we're really close to them already but it's like yeah oh so awesome yeah it's great and those those connections and those like those relationships that you build on the road are are so cool and just invisible invisible children in general i mean you you currently live with or around at least in the same area of several invisible children people and Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, Kimmy Trillo was, um, so I met her at the Fourth Estate, and while I was there, um, I found out that she was going on the road after that, and her region was my, oh, was nice. Minnesota, was yeah. the Midwest or whatever. Yeah, And right. so she, she went with Dan. We kept in touch. Yeah, she that's went right. with Dan. Yeah, I knew Dan had went to uh, Minnesota, I just can't remember. Yeah, so they came through, and they, uh, wait, did she... No, Dan wasn't on tour. He was he was on the street team with her. Oh, it was Lawrence that's Bremer right. that was with her. That's right. Yeah, oh, yeah. that's right. That was during 2012 that she was with Dan. That's right. But okay. anyway, um, yeah, so that's where I met her originally, and we just kind of kept in touch, and then they came and stayed with me. And then, um, you know, I was like, I'm going to come work in the office. I'll see you there. And we just became, like, best friends. Yeah, best buds. That's awesome. And we still are. It's great. Yeah, and She's she just got married. married. Like, last weekend that's so cool weekend before and were you you helped out with the wedding correct um a little bit no No. not with kimmy's um no they had a very private wedding so it was just immediate family at the ceremony and then they had a reception where they invited some friends and family too it was still a small wedding and it was really beautiful unfortunately it rained a lot that day but everybody looked amazing Mm -hmm. yeah i saw some pictures it It looked really cool that's yeah. awesome. So after yeah. Invisible Children, you were you were a roadie, and then did you go out? Correct me if I'm wrong, but you went out to Estes Park, didn't you? After that, I sure did. You, uh, uh, I have not made it out there, and I'm so bummed. And Dan and Annie, who are both my uh-huh. teammates, oh, they're still yeah. out there. I need to go visit them. I've talked to the, about this with Dan like a hundred times, where I'm like, I got to come visit you guys, and you know, <laughs> yeah, still haven't. Yeah, made they it out were there. there when I was there. Yeah. Um, yeah, I went out there, I guess after Invisible Children, when I left San Diego, I went home to Minneapolis for a few months, I guess, December to February, which is when we were overlapping there. Right. You and I. And, um, yeah. And then in, no, I guess it was more like April, maybe. Yeah. I don't remember now. It seemed pretty early because we didn't, we were all Yeah, March or April. Yeah, we you were we like only overlap for like a few months there. Yeah, yeah. And then you had it. So out. I think 
April is when I went to um, Estes Park. Yeah. And and Estes has I, been this like it's been this um, kind of overflow of invisible children for a while. It had been yeah. um, because of was it what's her name Tam so, Tamala Tam. Um, her family was the one that Tara Tara Tamalin yeah Tamalin yeah she her family is the one that kind of owns and operates the chateau up there right yes Pam and Daryl are her parents and they own they built this really beautiful wedding chateau Mm -hmm. in Essex Park like right at the entrance to the Rocky Mountain National Park nice um and I think I don't know if they were opening it like right as Tara was coming off of working for invisible children, but yeah. they, it ended up sort of being like a, like a halfway house for <laughs> former roadies or yeah. like interns and stuff because nobody, you know, nobody made any money while they were interning. Yeah. So they, and so they would and... go, yeah, go work at bartend weddings and live on site. So you didn't have rent. So you're able to save mm-hmm. some money. Yeah. Um, and kind of process your experience that you had <laughs> yeah, before the coming there. And, yeah. and then, uh, yeah, move along to the next thing. But when I was, when I was there, I ended up starting like an herbalism program at this school in Boulder, like an herb school. Yeah. I wrote that in down. Boulder. The, the Colorado yeah. school of clinical herbalism. Is that correct? That's right. That's exactly right. Um, nice. tell me about that. that was, um, I'm intrigued. Yeah, I think I just, you know, found an interest in natural medicine and um, plant medicine and stuff. And so I, like, looked into this program and I was like, this looks really cool. I bet I could maybe do that, like, while I'm working here. Mm -hmm. I want to check it out. And so I kind of applied sort of last minute. Like, I I don't know if it was even after the deadline, but... I pretty much start like decided that I was going to go and classes started the next morning in Boulder. Oh, wow. <laughs> like, yeah. So I just like woke up and drove down. It, it's like an hour drive from, okay. if I remember right from Essex Park to Boulder. Um, and it was like a Monday through Wednesday type of program. So I'd go down, drive down each day. And then while I was living up in Estes, there was like this, crazy flood i don't know if you remember there was like a really bad flood up there Mm -hmm. yeah and it washed out like miles of the high like both of the highways going out of ss park yeah (laughs) and so that's scary you know a lot of the businesses in town were had severe flooding and damage or like had to shut down and Mm -hmm. um people were like like um heli rescued out of homes or like whatever it was pretty wild um but because of the roads being washed out and i still had school going on i ended up having to drive through the national park to get down to boulder and that like doubled my drive time but it was amazing because i got to drive through the national park every day yeah or those three days you know um so it was cool that was kind of the start of like learning about plant medicine and the power that plants have which is really incredible yeah anything Uh, that like stuck out with you with that like that you really like learned or love or like i think just that like 
like plants and herbs are like so much more powerful than people give credit to like which is kind of a dangerous thing because I think a lot of people will walk into like a health food store and like take like buy a bunch of herbal supplements and Mm -hmm. be like oh whatever it can't hurt me it's just plants you know but it's like they actually are extremely powerful and they can do damage if you don't know what you're doing you know yeah um but like so amazing at the same time like they can be so healing and so um I don't know. They just amaze me. So, is there any that you use specifically um, in your daily life, like since taking that course or that class? Um, not daily. You know, I like I've kind of not used herbs regularly as much since. Yeah. Being in herb school, um, yeah. I still have a bunch of like bulk herbs that I've bought, and I make, I've made like different oils and. Um, salves and things like that from them and i've made some tea blends and stuff like that but um there's some that i would like to be using again more regularly i really like some calming ones like chamomile or Mm -hmm. um, st john's wort and things like that but it's also another thing that that was like really powerful to learn was that um plants like herbs and and like pharmaceutical drugs have a lot of like can have a lot of adverse interactions Mm. and so when people are taking herbs like willy-nilly while they're on Uh. medications or like try to stop taking medication and take herbs instead it can be really dangerous so i think it just gave me like a really healthy respect for like you know you gotta kind of know what you're doing (laughs) yeah absolutely And it's not yeah, just when, think, when people or when doctors ask, like, are you taking any medications? It's not just, like, those types of things. It's, like, also, yeah. yeah, interesting. Supplements, herbs, for sure. Yeah, yeah. all of that affects things. And I take uh, spirulina and what's the chlor- chlorella? Chlorella? Yeah, I take that Great. pretty much daily. Green algae? Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I've heard a lot of good things. Awesome. And I, I, I like the fact that it's supposed to – kind of take away some of the metals and you know some of the toxins mm-hmm. out of your body and superfood yeah. and good gut health energy. And, yeah, yeah energy and yeah i i've been taking that pretty regularly for the last couple of years and um awesome yeah i like it i i've gotten into um like doTERRA like the essential oils mm-hmm. and stuff mm-hmm. and yeah i like got rid of a planner's wart on my foot with some uh there you go oregano oil I was gonna say, was it oregano? Yeah, awesome. it worked like a charm. I'm serious. Like I tried, awesome. I'd froze it, didn't work. You know, done that whole thing and tried some of the different things, and nope, nothing worked. But that seemed to do the trick. Awesome. Yeah, I like it. See what I mean? They're so powerful. I get it. Just yeah, that's why bit. I was. Yeah. yeah, I was wondering like what might be like the the things. The thing is, they're expensive too. Yeah, well, it takes a lot to get those yeah. essential oils out of a plant, and yeah. those plants are so. Yeah, you said you had made some, some oils. What's that process like? What is it? Can't be um, so I've done kind of like oil infused oils sure. with different okay. herbs. So it's a matter of, um, you know, figuring out your your ratio of like different types of herbs for balancing it out for what you are trying to do. Yeah. And then um, you just heat. I've used like almond oil, um, jojoba oil, olive oil. Yeah. sometimes coconut oil, a blend of different kinds of oils, and then you heat them in like a double boiler on the stove mm-hmm. with your herbs in there. 
and warm it up to infuse it for a while. Yeah. And then um and then you just strain all the herbs out and bada bing bada you have boom. An infused oil. Yeah. That's and cool. if you want to do like a thicker more of like a salve or an or you know something like that, you just add like beeswax to it. Oh, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Cool. And yeah. did you I saw on Facebook it's my my creep creepy way of uh <laughs> kind of having talking points but i saw you did like a the school of holistic clinical herbalism is that like the same same one or is that a different um program? i briefly so Vitamin. while i was in school in um in boulder and like finishing out my program there um Kimmy had moved back to Chicago and she called me one day while I was driving to school and she was like, Hey, do you want to move to Portland? <laughs> I was like, yeah, girl. Like yeah. I tried to move here from San Diego and I couldn't get anybody to jump on board with me. So, yeah. you know, I'm down. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, she was like, well, I'm pretty serious about it. Like, let's actually make a plan and do it. And I was like, yes, thank you for like being serious about it. Let's do it. Yeah. Um, and so I, yeah, I got home and I was like, well, let me just make sure that there's like a school there that has herbalism. Cause I'm really interested in, in this, what I'm doing here. Yeah. Um, I want to see if there's a school there where I can continue learning. Um. And, um, <clears throat> I found this school here in Portland and kind of just was like, all right, I checked it out. Like I'm down, let's do it. And cause I already wanted to move anyway. And then I started the program there and it wasn't really, wasn't really what I was hoping. Um, It was like a a little bit more sporadic program. It was like one weekend a month and, and their approach was a little bit different than what I had originally been taught. And so anyway, I ended up not doing that program. Okay. Um, But then, you know, fast forward however many years, I guess three years, yeah. four years, whatever that was. Yeah. To... Uh, it would have been three years. Um, to 2017, I had always noticed this school of natural, the University of Natural Medicine here in Portland. Yeah. I was living in Hood River, but I was like, man, it still is like on my radar. I'm still really interested in like, in, natural medicine and and like food as medicine because Mm -hmm. i feel like food is one of those things that everybody has to eat you know like you have to eat and you can either eat things that are gonna actually heal you like be medicine or you can eat things that are gonna could destroy you you know Um, but it's one of those things that you don't really you don't really get to opt out of eating like you can opt out of drinking or smoking or like yeah other lifestyle things that people choose to do or not do right um so anyway yeah i saw that the the university of natural medicine here in portland had a masters of science in nutrition program and it was like a holistic nutrition um focused you know it had a little bit of like herb background and in my herb program in boulder they had you know, touched on nutrition as well. Um, so I knew a little bit, but I was like, I feel like food is the most approachable form of natural medicine. 
Yeah. Because I agree. Because people you know. people like hear natural medicine and their head instantly goes to like pie in the sky, like like a hippie idea of like what that yeah. means, you know? Mm-hmm. But yeah. everybody <laughs> everybody has a diet, whether they call it you know, whether you call it that. It's a lifestyle, but like what you put in your, your body. You have eating habits of sorts, yeah. Yeah. Is it's your habit, yeah. It's your eating habit or your whatever you do. So it's a little bit more approachable, like you said. Mm-hmm. And it's not like you have to go out of your way to buy like Whole you know foods. herbal supplements or yeah. like go buy like pay for acupuncture or go um you know, it's a thing that you already are gonna you're gonna eat something yeah. at some point. You have to, so buy buy your medicine in the form of food yeah what does that look like for you or like what do you you know is there uh something you do in your daily life that kind of like you know that you would I don't know if recommend is the right way but like that you practice I guess you know of what does that look like for you uh eating whole foods you know um I have never I'm not like a don't have a super strong food philosophy around any certain diet you know yeah. i'm not really a fan of like being a disciple of like keto or paleo or yeah. vegan you know um it's all so individual and yeah everybody's body's every, so different yeah everybody is different everybody processes things differently and like just because fruits and vegetables are good for you doesn't mean like every fruit and every vegetable is going to do well for everybody you know yeah so um and likewise with you know breads and grains and things like that and dairy like some people do really well with that and other people don't and so it's a matter of um just individual yeah trial and error i think you know yeah Um, but for me for me it's eating whole foods eating like more vegetables yeah um that's the main thing that I push on people. If yeah. I'm going to push anything, it's just like eat more vegetables and that's like a good start, you know? Yeah. Um, that's always been my pursuit and, is like finding like a lifestyle that is sustainable. It's not just this uh, pie in the sky. Yeah, it like, have to be yeah, like I, I, all in. I kind of, I do, I've a few years ago, I, well, probably shortly after, you know, like you left uh, Minnesota, but I like got super heavy. I, I, my diet was crap and garbage and a lot of bad habits from invisible children where you tried to eat on the cheap and ate a bunch Mm -hmm. of processed crap. And you know, I had such like, I don't know, just bad habits that I had acquired and, you know, I'd had terrible like indigestion and like acid reflux Mm -hmm. and all that. And, um, Mm -hmm. I had ballooned up to almost 190 pounds. It was like 89 and some change. And, Mm -hmm. uh, I was like, I think that was like 2016. And since then I was like, I gotta, I gotta make a lifestyle change. You know, I gotta start fixing what I put into my body. And I really had kind of prescribed to the low carb diet and I Mm. still do. Um, Mm -hmm. but it's more, I I don't count like whole foods, you know, I don't count vegetables. Um, I just try to like limit the amount of, you know, uh, carbs that I put into my body and especially processed Mm -hmm. carbs and sugars. Like I have a huge sweet tooth. So 
I love ice cream mm-hmm. and candy and chocolate. Yeah. And, so that's hard. But um, yeah, just those like I'm going to go even though it's still processed. But what bread isn't, I go for, you know, a lower carb bread. And if I'm going to eat a processed bread anyway, I might as well make it a little bit lower carb. And Yeah, or just find like and, a whole grain bread that, yeah. you know, is made from like good quality whole yeah. wheat or you know that's got more fiber yeah more yeah more of those like fibrous things and yeah i just and definitely putting more vegetables into my life and um even the way you cook those you know i mean you can Mm -hmm. overcook a vegetable and take all the nutrients out and (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah um, that's been one of the things that was really cool to learn in school because i mean oh so i guess i didn't say i i i went to I ended up going to school for this master's of nutrition program yeah and um maybe I did say that I don't know I don't know if you but did. I started school you did now um I did now <laughs> uh I moved back to Portland in 2017 and started the master's program then um but what I was going to say is um through the program we had a lot of you know science classes mm-hmm. um and but also a lot of like kind of culinary classes and it it's so cool to pair the two and and learn about yeah. how different cooking methods for different types of vegetables right. like what's gonna what's gonna maintain the most nutrients and it's not like a blanket statement for all different all vegetables yeah. to do one certain kind of cooking method so it's yeah it's cool there's so much to know and so much to learn <laughs> yeah it's there is and i feel like it's still a growing like place uh growing mm-hmm industry or I don't know what the right word is but um just the way food and you know the way we digest it to the way it like benefits us to um Mm -hmm. I listen to the Joe Rogan experience a lot and he has uh I don't know if you're familiar with uh Dr. Rhonda Patrick Mm -mm. um you should check her out she's she's like she's a scientist but she's like Mm -hmm. big into nutrition and like what to put in your body and what's but she talks about so many different things where it's like sprouts broccoli sprouts in particular and like Mm -hmm. some of the different benefits from eating broccoli sprouts and how to get these different you know vitamins and nutrients into your body that have helped that have research into you know combating alzheimer's and uh, memory loss and aging and um you know brain function and nootropics is like a newer you know aged thing that's kind of I feel like talking more about and from mushrooms to you know the different nutrients yeah. and things you put in your body and yeah it's I yeah. don't know I'm, I'm fascinated with that stuff it's incredible it's incredible what what food can do yeah and like the healing properties it has in the ways that it works in the body mm-hmm. it's really really amazing and there's more and more research coming out all the time on it I just wish that there was you know because it's not like a a money-making thing there's not much funding for the research and so yeah if there could be more funding for research there would be more proof of how powerful food is as medicine you know know. yeah absolutely well and it's just even doctors you know doctors nowadays like they're poor doctors there's like so much there's only so much information they can take in in a given day Mm -hmm. you know outside of what they do and i just they don't have an easy job, um, but I don't know. I just think that there's so much more that we are more quick to prescribe something in today's like impatient society. We're more more apt to like subscribe 
medicines and, you know, like, um, pharmaceutical medicines versus like taking a more natural approach to things like food or your diet or, you know, the things your lifestyle a little bit. Yeah. 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 And it's harder. It takes more time and, and it's not a quick fix and that's hard in today's society. Yeah. And some people it's, some people don't enjoy cooking. Some people are intimidated by it, you know, or they're not familiar with yeah. foods that they're, even if their doctor does recommend certain vegetables or different things in their diet, they're like, I don't even know what that is. Or I don't yeah. know how, do I how to prepare it. it. What do I and fix when it I do with? cook it, it mm-hmm. tastes like shit. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing, you yeah. know? Yeah. And so I think if people just had an awareness of like, it doesn't have to be fancy. It doesn't have to be like, you know, overwhelming. There Mm -hmm. are simple ways to like do to make vegetables or do even beans or whole grains in a way that like actually has really good flavor and like using different herbs and spices to do that instead of adding a bunch of salt and like processed sauces and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But yeah, it's, I, I wish that there were more, I wish that there was more like cooking community education around cooking and Absolutely. nutrition in that realm, you know? Yeah. So well, and it's out of our my... schools completely, you know, like public yeah. schools, it used to be, you know, you had home ec or whatever that was called at the time, or they changed the names multiple times, but that was like yeah. one of those. That it's they like just... the first thing to get cut. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like that. And then the arts and it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, so that's um, that's the thing that I am interested in is like, is just that like community education around mm-hmm. cooking and nutrition. And um, through my program, I did a a training to um, kind of implement this food as medicine mm-hmm. curriculum yeah. in communities. Cool. And so um, now I'm kind of in the process of figuring out you know what my next steps are now that i'm done with school i finished at the end of june congratulations Um, thanks yeah it was uh yeah it was a it's interesting to be done with it now and be like uh now what (laughs) yeah yeah um but there's you know it's a pretty open um opportunity there's a lot of different ways you can take it so yeah. Um, and it sounds like it's something that, you know, it's been a part of your life and something that you care a lot about and um, mm-hmm. that brings you joy and in some way or fashion, you know, and a theme that keeps yeah. popping up on the podcast with different guests is like living life on purpose and, mm-hmm. you know, just finding those things that bring you purpose and fulfillment and, and kind of following that path and it's not a yeah. linear path, you know, it's not this like, Hey, there it is. But it just seems that as the more and more people I've talked to and they've found those like things that have brought them purpose and brought them joy and, um, that they continue to like push into that, that it, there's a light at the end of the tunnel, you know? So mm-hmm. it sounds yeah. like you're on, on that path as well and still figuring things out, but you know, that's, yeah. half, that's half the fun. <laughs> yeah. Transition time is where you kind of yeah. learn the most and make some 
make some pivots. Yeah, it gives you... It's a good growth opportunity in those moments for sure. I feel that right now with this transition to Florida and, you know, with crazy yeah. and stuff, so... Yeah, kind of try out a bunch of different things and see what sticks. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I know. Yeah. So, Jamie, um, I... You've kind of touched on it, but maybe to close things out, I would like to ask, like, what should we know about you? Like, if people were to meet you for the first time, what are, like, if you can name three, three things that, like, you want, you would want people to know about you? Oh, wow. Hmm. Oh, right. <laughs> Tough question. Put you on the spot. Yeah, really. Um, what do I want people to know about me? Um, I give great hugs. Mm, good one. That's an important thing. Never be shy to give me a hug if you <laughs> see me. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. What kind of things are we Whatever. looking for here? Um, nothing, nothing looking for anything. Just what you think. Like if you were to meet somebody for the first time, if you were to go and be at like a social where it's like, what should I know about you? What are three things? You got one. You give great hugs. <laughs> um, did you did you feel this? I, I felt this big time after leaving Invisible Children, because um, Invisible Children was such a like close knit group of people and very huggy. Um, uh huh. Did you leave Invisible Children? And we're like, where where's the physical touch? <laughs> yeah. People don't hug each other. No. What's up with that? <laughs> yeah. Seriously, like I felt that so much, and you know, I lived with my friends, you know, Sam and those guys. But it would be weird uh, for me to like wake up in the morning and be like, "Dude, give me a hug, man!" Like, <laughs> they're like, "Get off." Me. Yeah, like, what are, you, what are you doing? Get away from me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's funny. It, like, um, I think in the Northwest too, there's a there's a lot of people are kind of um less touchy and affectionate, maybe. Yeah. Um, I mean, not that's a blanket statement. It's not for everyone, but yeah. um, you know, it's like I've heard people be like, "Oh, she's a hugger," or yeah. like you know, <laughs> stuff like that. And I'm like, "Wow, yeah." Some people I just am. really aren't comfortable with <laughs> hugging, and I'm not gonna like force myself on somebody. Obviously, yeah. my I, wife is always like, "Can I give you a hug?" It's like a great yeah. way, but it's like it's I don't know. It's obviously different between males and females. You know, like yeah, for sure. It'd be weird I think, if I was like, "Can I give you a hug?" You know. <laughs> depending on the scenario so yeah maybe i think i've backed off on my um hugging and same and like physical interaction with people quite a bit since i've lived here unfortunately yeah. i mm -hmm. just wish that everybody would hug each other but yeah <laughs> you know not everybody's in that boat and i, I respect that yeah totally <laughs> i get it uh, yeah um i guess that's uh what else do I want people to know? I know? Transition. I'm in transition. Yeah. Okay. And that's okay. Yeah, absolutely. It's a part of life that we all we all do mm -hmm. at some point or another, and um, learning opportunities. So for sure, kind of exploring that right now. Um, I don't know. I don't. I don't know where to take this. Uh, that's okay. If you don't, if you don't have a third, third one, that's okay. Third thing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no worries. Yeah. You anything you want to, you know, leave our listeners with before we close things out? Um, I don't think so. Just 
happy to reconnect and yeah um if yeah. anybody's listening and wants to reconnect please reach out it'd be great i love hearing from people yeah so absolutely well thank you so yeah. much i really appreciate you yeah. coming on and, and taking your time and uh for sure thanks for having out. me absolutely all right i'm gonna close things out thank you right. everyone yeah thank you guys so much uh i appreciate you guys listening hey if you have a couple minutes go check out our online store uh crazyfaceuno.com the upper right hand side you can find our store uh buy a mug check out our mugs that we have uh, the money goes back into crazy face uno and inspiring others to do good and make a difference um, you can also have the opportunity to donate if you would rather donate instead of buying a mug Follow us on social media, um, Crazy Face Uno. You can search Crazy Face Uno and find us pretty much wherever you're involved in social media. We appreciate you guys. Thanks so much for listening. Peace!